What's up, church? How's everybody doing today, huh? You guys doing good? Great to see you. I want to welcome everyone to Celebration. Come on, let's put our hands together one more time for the online audience and also Orange Park, St. John's, and our other locations today. Just a couple of announcements, things that I wanted to share before we get into today's message. First of all, I just want to thank all of you, uh, so many of you who have chosen to host a group over the next six weeks. That kicks off not next weekend, but just after that. I want to thank you so much. Can you believe this? We've had over 500 people, first-time people sign up to host a group at Celebration. Thank you for helping me sleep at night. And... And, and I want to say, we still need more of you, if you can. We have group training immediately following this service at all of our locations. It's just a six-week commitment. Just get a couple of the friends that you already have and put some intentionality around your relationships for six weeks. You're going to love it. It's going to be a great experience. Also, I want to remind everyone that I'll be teaching the membership class uh, here at the arena today, immediately following the 1212 service. It'll be uh, at about 1.30. If you want to go grab a bite to eat and come back, it'll also be at our Orange Park location. St. John's, you can uh, talk to Pastor Q there about when you your next membership class is. And last, I want to share some really big news. How about this church? Our Orange Park location finally has a piece of property and we're going to be able to build. Yes. See the map right up there, listen to this. This is over 11 acres right there off 295 and Highway 17 off Roosevelt. Prime, prime location. We'll be building uh, a sanctuary there over uh, a thousand seats and of course all the other ministry space. And we're really, really excited for our entire church family and especially our Orange Park campus. So OP, congratulations uh, to you guys. And of course, we'll, we're doing the due diligence now and we'll have updates about timelines and all that kind of stuff in the future. All right, we're gonna go ahead and finish up our Good Families or No Accident series. I really hope that you guys have been enjoying this, uh, this series. And of course, along with our uh, marriage conference that we had last weekend, we are really trying to empower you and give you the tools you need to build a successful family and for you to be healthy uh, in the relationships that mean the most to you. And so we're gonna finish up that series Today, and we're going to be talking about sexuality. This is uh, the sex talk, and so it's rated PG 13, and so it's rated PG 13. Okay, that's what, <laughs> that's what it is. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of 1 Corinthians. The book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 6. I'm going to begin reading in verse 12. And I want to say that in today's message, I obviously haven't 30 minutes, you know, talk about a subject like this. Um, I'm going to leave some things unqualified and there's going to be some gaps that I don't fill in. I want to let you know uh, that we're going to be having some great resources coming to the loft and our resource areas at all of our locations that can really kind of fill in some of the gaps until we talk about, uh, you know, this topic again. So just, just remember that. Okay. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 12, the apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. Obviously this culture was steeped in all kinds of sexual promiscuity and sexual sin. So here's a, a, a church um, in a culture 
much like ours. And the apostle Paul is, is encouraging them and trying to build them on the inside and saying, hey, listen, listen, God has better things for you than a lot of this sexual immorality that you're engaging in. And in verse 12, he says this, he says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with them both. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. Run from sexual sin. No other sin clearly affects the body as this one does for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. I wanna talk to you about really sexual stewardship today. And I've entitled this message, Living from the Inside Out. Living from the Inside Out. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, for these next 25 or 30 minutes, God, I just pray for a revelation of Jesus. God, I pray that you bring hope and freedom and understanding to this incredible gift that you've given us, the gift of sex and the gift of our sexuality. We give you all the thanks today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. So talking about sexual immorality, first of all, let's unpack that just a moment here, okay? When we say that something is immoral, okay? Moral, it's, moral means good or principled or it's productive to a benevolent society. And so when we say that something is immoral, we're talking about in God's kingdom, in God's view, and remember, you know, uh, our, our mission statement, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need will be added unto you, God's kingdom. So we come into God's family, we come into God's society, and now we begin to learn and to understand how we're supposed to participate in God's society so that society can be benevolent, good to all, and productive. And so when the Bible says that something is immoral, it basically means that it's counterproductive to your good and the good of society. It's counterproductive to your health and your wholeness. Salvation means wholeness, right? It's counterproductive to your health and your wholeness as a human being. And it's counterproductive to the health and wholeness of a society. That's, that's immoral. So if we say it's sexually immoral, it's talking about that. It's counterproductive to your health and the wholeness of society, specifically in a sexual context. And just to remind everyone, listen, uh, talking about sexuality, you know, sexual, that's not a dirty word. Listen, God blessed us with sexuality. 
He created us men and women. He gave us a sex drive. He made sex very, very powerful. Sex, it's the highest gift that you can give another person. It is one of the most powerful human, uh, if we could say, dimensions or experiences that we have as it pertains to our soul and our psyche. And so it's to be esteemed sex. It's to be valued. It's, it's to be protected. And there are several uh, principles that God puts around that gift so it can be a blessing to you like he wants it to be a blessing. And then also our society can be whole as a result. So let me give you a biblical de definition. Now, all those things, a biblical definition of sexual immorality, okay? Sexual immorality is any sexual activity before marriage or outside of marriage, marriage constituting as defined by God in Genesis throughout the Bible and in the coven covenantal representation of Christ in the church, marriage being a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. Any sexual activity outside of that context is counterproductive to you, it's immoral, and it's counterproductive to the benevolence of society, okay? It, <clears throat> let me kind of unpack that a little more. It's any sexual activity before or outside of marriage, including all forms of sexual relations, including, but not limited to, pornography, adultery, images, pictures, reading material, including language, including 50 shades of gray, 55 shades of off-white, 58 shades of maroon. I don't care what title they give it, okay? Oh, I'm all up in your business today. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, I'm not done. Sexting, sexting, role-playing, lewd behavior, Photos in all words or forms that would cause someone else to be sexually aroused, including, but not limited to, things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, of course, the, inter the internet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, guys, so I know what, what guys do. I say one thing, your mind goes to the next, well, what about this? Well, I still got this. Nope, nope, nope. It's all sexual immoral. No, I'm putting them all <laughs> I'm putting them all in one big bucket here, okay? That's right. I, even, I know what some of you are thinking. Okay, I'm just going to pace in front of Victoria's Secret like 20 times or, over the day. Nope. Are we doing? You know, this, the, the sad thing is, so when I was a young boy, I remember this. Me and my friends, man, it would be like if we just wanted to see a picture of a girl in like underwear or something like that, you know what I mean? Or, you know, like Playboy. You know, we want to see some boobs. I'm just going to be honest with it today. It was like, we would have to plan for a week. Whose dad's out of town? Where are the magazines? Is the closet unlocked? I mean, it's like planning for a week all to maybe hopefully find one magazine to look at some boobs. Now you're just walking into town center. There she is on the like... But we live in a much different day and age, and we live in a much different and much more dangerous day and age. And remember this series we've been talking about, you know, good families are what? No 
accident. And we've been talking about, man, God has these ideals. Okay, Stovall, you give me the first Corinthians deal. I can show you a ton more scriptures. Oh, come on, man. Are you talking about really like, okay, I'm single, so I'm supposed to save myself and not have any sex. And yes, not have any sex. And by the way, it's all sex. Okay. Oral sex is sex. It's not just the act of intercourse. Oral sex is sex too. Do I need to, you want me to stop there? Can we just, does that cover? You know what I'm saying? Groping and grinding, bumping and back. I could, I could go, we just, it's all, all right. <laughs> Don't mess with me, man. I've been where you are. I know, who, who are you talking to here? Okay, so. So like, really still like, like, do you know the real world that we live in? Do you know what's pumped on the TV and all that? I mean, you really expect me to have just total self-control and all I got to do is just hit a hashtag or app and I can see whatever. Yes, listen, yes, I know where we are. I know where the real world is. I know that, that right now between uh, 70 and 75% of all men, latest statistics say, this is not an exaggerated statistic. In fact, it's a conservative one. 70 to 75% of all men are, are, would be categorized as sex addicts. That means this, that they have to get some sort of sexual fix outside of the context of marriage or normal dating relationships. It means they're going to a website, whether it's daily, weekly, every other week, whatever it is, there's some type of external stimuli sexual fix that they have to have or that they think that they have to have. I know that, I know that it's 30% of women. You wanna hear, hear something? 20 years ago, it was 30% of men, it was 10% of women. Now, 70% of men, it's 30% of women. I've got good news for you, guess what? That means there's still 30% of men out there who are gonna value their body and are gonna stand up and live for God. I'm not saying perfect, I'm not saying they're perfect. We've all made our mistakes. Okay, but here's the, I know, I know what the real is, I know, I know what it's, what, what's going on down here. I, I, I know that, that the average, ready for this, the average age where someone is first exposed to pornography now is eight. Did you hear me? Eight years old. I know where the real is. I'll also tell you this, you can go in the Bible, God knows where the real is and, 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 and it does not intimidate him. I could take you, I could show you in the Bible the days of Noah and the sexual activity going on there and the uh, imagination of man, only evil continually. We go to the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah. We got men wanting to have sex with angels. Come on, angels. I could go all throughout the, the, the book of, of, of all throughout the books of the Bible, up until Corinth, all the way to Revelations, where it talks about the spirit of lust that's in the world. I understand what the real is. Listen, just because this is the real, that does not mean that we cannot achieve God's ideal. And I'm telling you, God gives us grace. I wanna let you know this, no matter where you come from sexually, no matter what is going on in your life, listen, this is a no shame talk, okay? Because all of us, so what I just read to you there, all, and then Jesus throws this one on top, all those things I just read. And then Jesus comes along and says, if you just look at a woman and lust after her in your heart, you've committed adultery. So there goes every man. <laughs> we busted that one like the day after puberty. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's the real and there's the 
ideal. But what God wants us to understand is that the real that we're in, it's, it's, it's brokenness. And all of us are either in a place or we're coming out of a place of this sexual brokenness. We talk about God's ideal. This is, this is wholeness. This is who God's called you to be. So just like everything else we've been talking about in this Good Family series, no matter where you are, no matter what your past is, no matter what your issues are, your addictions, your attractions, your, all that kind of stuff, here's what I wanna let you know. Listen, with God, all things are possible. And I'm telling you, all you need is a revelation of Jesus and understanding that when you know the son, you know the truth and the truth can set you free. If you can just start with some belief, like what, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna give up? We're just gonna say, oh, do whatever while, while our entire country is marinating in pornography. We are marinating in it and we're on a slow boil. Right now, what is the church going to do? Well, we just give up. Just like marriages, we just give up. It's too hard. The world's too evil. No, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that where sin abounds, grace that much more abounds. And I'm telling you, if there's people that will say yes to God's wholeness, he can do a miracle. So what are we going to do? We're going to put some intentionality right there. And we're going to begin to believe God. And we're going to begin to live sexually like other things in our lives as followers of Christ, we're gonna to begin to live from the inside out. Now, let's look at the way it just happens. You could say the way of the world. You could say, um, you know, without God, you could say if we're not intentional about it, about it, here's how sexuality happens with people. How does the human body work when it comes to sexuality and how does that integrate into our identity. If you're wondering where I've got all this information, I've talked to several doctors, I've talked to several therapists. Uh, Nancy Houston was here, um, of course, with Jimmy Evans this past weekend. And so we're gonna have some great resources to kind of fill in the gaps with some of these things that I'm talking about today. But first of all, here's, here's the world, or here's if, we, if we're not intentional. Here's kind of default how we're gonna develop sexually, okay? The first thing that happens Remember, this is the world. This is how people develop sexually from the outside in. Here's the first thing. Your sexuality, it's kind of three components, attraction, orientation, and identity. Okay, so attraction. Let's talk about that for just a second. Okay, attraction. We all have sexual attraction. The way attraction develops is a, a, a boy or girl, man, when they hit that puberty, all of a sudden, come on, guys, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna lean a little bit heavy on the guys here because that's where I'm coming from. You know what I'm saying? It's like all of a sudden, that girl you've been looking at, she ain't a girl you've been looking at. You know, I mean, that puberty kicks in, that testosterone starts happening. All of a sudden, there's this sexual attraction. There's this, there's this attraction here. What develops, watch, what develops in people when it comes to attraction, it's called a, it's, it's like an automatic sexual response system. It's like, in, it, in its purest, most natural form, it's obviously the opposite sex, Okay, they're being developed. They, they have something that you don't have. There's a completeness there. There's a mystery there. All of that goes into sexual development. And all of a sudden there's attraction. Attraction is different from lust, okay? There's attraction. Then attraction can turn into desire. And then it's all how you manage that desire of whether it goes into lust or not. You can't help being attracted, you know? Good looking people walk in front of you or whatever like that. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just part of life, okay? But here's what happens, okay? Attraction eventually goes into orientation. 
Everybody say orientation. So what happens in orientation? This is the direction, persistence, and experiences that we have with our attractions. Now, this is where it gets serious because when we become sexually oriented with whatever we're becoming sexually oriented, that's when, remember that autosexual response system? That's when what's called the sex glue, that's when your rods and cones and neuropathways start getting wired to whatever you're directing your most attraction to and having sexual experiences with that. So obviously, the, the ideal would be this, is that yes, you're, you're attracted, I'm just speaking from a guy's perspective, okay? So I'm a guy, man, I'm attracted to girls and all this kind of stuff and I, there's all this sexual attention. What is that attraction supposed to do? It's driving me to a mate. It's driving me out of myself that God wants me to spend the rest of my life with someone that we can have a greater purpose for my family. And I, 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 I stay pure and I, I don't orientate myself with anything sexually until I married my, my wife. And on the night of our honeymoon, we consummate our marriage. And guess what? Bam! All of my sex glue. <laughs> my wife's like, you better chill out. <laughs> it gets wired to my wife. In the, and, 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 and sex, in the context of marriage, it's a bond. It creates stronger and stronger. All my attraction, all my sex glue is going with my wife, and there's a bonding there. But here's, the, here's man, in our culture, listen, the problem is people are getting sexually oriented on the internet with images, with pornography, God forbid, with, with abuse, even as a child, something, I mean, eight years old, there's, can, the, the rods and cones and neuro, everything is getting messed up. And what that does to the automatic sexual response system now, in our day and age, remember, it's an automatic response. With all of the lust in the world and the imagery and everything else, I mean, you can, you can be attracted to anything. With what's out there, I mean, you're, you're, an external stimuli can trigger something. You, you don't even know how you got triggered with that. I mean, now they've got so many things different on the internet with all different things, with all different type of sexual stuff. And so what happens is, the way the world says is whatever you're being stimulated by, if there's any outside stimulation that's setting off a sexual impulse on the, on the inside of you, well, man, express yourself. Run with that. Experience with it. I mean, come on, man. I mean, you like that? Get it on. What is it? It's, it's like when Madonna came, came out, like, I don't know what it was, it was like 20 years ago. She says, you know what? I'm going to shock America into submission. I'm going to shock our youth into submission. And I'm going to make them begin to experiment with what their expressions and impulses are on the inside. Express yourself, lose your body, get out there and do it. That's what the, that's what the world is telling people to do. Listen, your sexuality, if it is left unchecked and unrestricted and unbridled, you will destroy yourself. There is no other sin that messes with the body like sexual immorality. Have you ever thought about this? Watch this. In Leviticus, God's talking about all kinds of sexual boundaries. Of course, he says a man shouldn't lie with a man. A woman shouldn't lie with a woman. But then he eventually goes on in Leviticus 18. Are you ready for this? God says, 
And a man shall not lie with a beast, and a woman shall not stand before an animal to mate with it. Now, I'm just saying, like, I would be thinking, like, you know, God, did you have to write that down? Isn't that just kind of implied? <laughs> Ever thought about that? Like, did God, does God really need to tell us, don't mate with a cow? Can't we just kind of assume, God, that we're not supposed to do that? I mean, can't we just kind of, you know, I'll just, I'll just assume, man, if somebody has something for a chicken, we're just going to leave the chicken alone. We're going to go on our way. You ever thought about why would God need to say that? Why would God need to say that? Because the gift of sex that God gave you and your sexuality is so powerful and how it hardwires to your brain and psyche. God knew this, if sexuality is left unstewarded, if people do not have the proper sexual values, sexuality can take them anywhere to do anything with anyone. So what we have today is there's just any kind of outside stimuli. Oh, here's a girl. Oh, wow, something, something triggered a sexual response. You, here's, here's another pretty girl. And for whatever reason, that external stimuli, it triggers a sexual response. Ooh, she's pretty. Instead of just thinking, okay, I don't know why that went off. I'm just gonna steward my sexuality and have sexual values because my body doesn't belong to myself, it belongs to God. You know, and even though I might have an attraction, for the same sex, I'm gonna, if, if whatever attraction I do have for the opposite sex, I'm gonna max that out. I'm gonna follow that attraction. I'm gonna shut this attraction down as quickly as possible. It's just attraction. Your attractions do not fi define your core identity. We have made sexuality this thing. It's like it's all of our person. Sexuality is not your whole pie. It's just a piece of the pie. Anything can stimulate you sexually. You don't know how you were wired and brought up and what images you were looking at and all that kind of stuff. Here's what I'm trying to say, church. If we don't learn how to steward our attraction and understand how destructive orientation can be in pornography and all those other things, we're gonna go the way of the Canaanites. We're gonna go the way of the Hittites. We're gonna go the way of ancient Rome. We're gonna go the way of the Incas. We're gonna go all the ways of the societies that for whatever reason, when they started expressing themselves, they thought they were just better and too smart of all the other societies that had destroyed themselves before. It's not gonna happen in this church and with you as a man of God and you as a woman of God and to your kids. Can I have a good amen to that? But I need your help. Listen, I, I need your help. I need your help. That's why we talked, I talked to the parents this past Wednesday night about being proactive in the, in the, in the development of your teenager's sexuality. You might think, well, ma'am, my, my daughter's in seventh grade. I hadn't even had the sex talk with her yet. Well, just because you haven't had the sex talk with her yet, Uh -huh. Wake up! 
I promise you, she's probably had several sex talks. You just hadn't had one with her yet. Guess what? MTV's talking to her. Miley Cyrus is talking to her. The internet's talking to her. Facebook's talking to her. Twitter's talking to her. Instagram's talking to her. Social media's talking to her. Peer pressure's talking to her. Television's talking to her. Music is talking to her. Do you understand? If we don't talk about this, there's a thousand voices trying to define our sexuality. And I'm telling you that we've been bought with a price. It's the blood of Jesus. And we can honor God in our bodies. That's all I'm saying. So what the world does is, okay, you got attraction, then you get oriented with whatever. Now, now put a label on yourself. And I'm not just talking about straight or bi or gay or anything like that. I'm talking about how you view yourself. You've allowed yourself and your sexuality to be defined, watch, from the outside in. And that's always gonna leave you in shame in brokenness. Come on, church, am I right about this? In shame, in brokenness. It's gonna leave you in, you know, feeling like what you're a monster or something's your fault or you're not like everybody. Listen, we're, we're all coming out of this brokenness. You can go back in Genesis all the way through Revelation, sexual brokenness. It is, it is a huge, huge part of the Bible and in the history of, of man, But aren't you glad when Jesus came along, Jesus said this, Jesus said, I've not come for the healthy. I've come for what? The broken. I haven't call, come to call the righteous. I've come to call sinners to repentance. I wanna let you know that you can have a new start sexually in God, but you've gotta surrender your sexuality to him. Come on, can you give God a hand clap for that? So listen, I wanna be real clear about this. Look, there's no shame. There's no shame here at Celebration, all right? Listen, we got people, man, we got people, uh, man, same-sex attraction. We've got people, uh, you know, prostitution coming out of that. We've got sexual, we, look, we got it all here at Celebration. Listen, this is, this is a safe place for you. Listen, if you need to come out, come out at Celebration. Okay, we love you, but here's what I'm asking. Remember Jesus, when the woman was, was, was caught in that sexual sin, she was caught in adultery. Remember when the Pharisees came to condemn her? How many of you remember that story out of John 8? It's a great story about God's love and mercy. So the Pharisees come to uh, condemn her, and of course Jesus defends her. Her accusers go away. And the, the, Jesus says, woman, where are your accusers? And she says, they're not here. And, uh, and Jesus says, listen, I'm paraphrasing here. Jesus looks to the woman. He says, look, I don't condemn you. Jesus has mercy on her. He has grace on her. How many of you are thankful for God's grace and mercy in your life? But he doesn't leave her there. He says, look, I love you. I forgive you. That's not the issue. He says, go and sin no more. What Jesus was saying is this, look, and, and I'm afraid this is where the church is just willing, content to stay. We know God loves us. We know God forgives us. We receive Jesus. We're on our way to heaven. But listen, God does not want you to stay in your brokenness. That's why he told that woman, he said, listen, now go and sin no more. I love you. I forgive you. But look, with me now in your life, if you'll get intentional about your sexuality, I'll take you from brokenness 
to wholeness. And that's where we're headed, church. And I need some people, I need some men, I need some women, I need some parents, I need some young people, I need all of us to be in this thing together because there is a tide of just, it it is a monumental tidal wave of sexual immorality being pumped at us 24 seven. And if we don't come together as a church and say, man, we're we're not going that way, we're going towards wholeness. It's gonna consume us and it's gonna consume our kids. Come on, can you give God a hand for wholeness? That's what I'm talking about. So watch. So let's look at God's way. Here's God's way. God's way is inside out sexuality. No matter what brokenness, what attractions you're experiencing. Let's, let's talk about this inside out sexuality. We're gonna hit the reset button. You don't start with attraction. You can be attracted to anything. You can be, you know, who knows what you can, who knows what can set off a sexual impulse on the inside of you. You can be attracted. So we don't start with attraction. No, that's outside in. We start with identity. We start with identity. And that is this, who am I in Christ? God loves me. What, is, what, are, what are my sexual values? And it's much more than just, okay, I'm, not, I'm a single. I'm not gonna have any more sex till I'm married. It's, it's, it's much more than that. It's about values. It's about how you steward your attractions. It's about how you steward your sexuality. It's about having sexual values, but it's gotta start with this, what we just read there in 1 Corinthians chapter six is look, your body was not made for sexual immorality. Can we agree on that? We've all failed at it, but we have to acknowledge this is not the goal for our lives. This is the goal. Our body is not made for sexuality. Our body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. God has made us for him. God has made our bodies. We must honor God with our body. You were bought with a high price. You know why God, the apostle Paul puts in the blood of Jesus when you're bought with a high price? Listen to me, man. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from everything and the blood of Jesus sets you free. And I'm telling you that Jesus Christ can change your heart. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what type of healing you need, body, soul, spirit, or sexual healing, no matter what that is, I'm telling you Christ is enough. I'm just telling you. So we start with our identity, our personal values, our sexual values, having a healthy self, constructing a a healthy self and getting a revelation of Jesus and getting free. Then watch this. Now, okay, we know who we are. Now let me steward my attraction. So what does that mean? What does attraction mean to the married uh, man? I'm I'm gonna focus, I might be attracted to 100 women every day. Television, whatever, women walking by, you can't help that. I might be attracted to 100 women every day, but you know what? I'm only gonna have desire for one. And I have some values. I have some values on the inside of me and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna, by the grace of God, I'm gonna shut down those attractions before they get into desire and lust. And I'm gonna keep my desire for my wife. I'm gonna do everything I can to, to... Keep my sex glue connecting with my wife and my wife alone. What does that mean for the single person? It means that you're gonna save your, from this point on, you're gonna save yourself for marriage. You're gonna save yourself. You're gonna, you're gonna, yes, you're gonna be attracted. Yes, there are strong passions there and things like that. But you have to understand, listen, you're not an animal. And it's so, it's so interesting how in our society, like we understand restrictions for everything else. 
except our sexuality. Everything. Well, I feel like this. I feel like that. Listen, no one reacts to their impulses completely. No one does that. You know, some of y'all going to wake up tomorrow. You're going to be like, man, I don't want to go to work. What if you treated everything else like some people treat their sexuality? You wake up, I don't want to go to work. All right, I ain't going. <laughs> no, you, what do you do? You, 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 you resist that impulse and you do what you need to do to be a responsible, productive person in society. What happens if someone makes you mad and you want to jack off and hit them or you want to give them the finger? I know some of y'all been doing that when you leave the parking lot at this 1030. Y'all better repent right now. You see what I'm saying? What do, you, what do you do when you, you don't just wail off and hit somebody. You go to jail. You don't just do that. Why? You resist that impulse. When you're hungry today, when you leave church, you're not going to go up here and just, you know, drive your car up to the front door at Publix in the fire zone and get out and just walk up to the chip aisle and get a bag of chips and rip it open. People are like, what's wrong with you? You're like, look, I'm starving, I'm hungry. No, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna park your car like everybody else. You are. You're gonna behave. I know you're hungry. We're all hungry, all right? You're gonna park your car. You're gonna go, you're gonna go in there. You're gonna get in line. You're gonna have money. Are you following me? You're gonna, you're gonna get the clothes, you're gonna be, the food, you're gonna pay for it, you're gonna get in your car, and you know what, on your, on your way home, you're gonna stop at red lights. If the light's red, you're stop. Well, I don't wanna stop, you're gonna stop at red lights. <laughs> well, why is it that it's so, we laugh at that, and we're like, duh, oh no, but not with sex. Oh, I got an urge. Eww. Hashtag this, Eww. YouTube that. Oh, I've got an attraction. Well, then I must be by. Oh, I like this. Well, something's So what? You might get a thousand sexual impulses. And listen, let me, what does that mean for people with same-sex attraction? Listen, some of my really good friends have struggled with same-sex attraction. Some of them were in full-blown homosexual lifestyles. You'll hear a testimony of a guy, a good friend of mine, in sub-30 next month, who was that exact thing. I mean, full-blown homosexual lifestyle. You know what he did? He surrendered his life to Jesus and he surrendered his sexuality to God. See, here's what people think. People that are in a, a same-sex lifestyle, they think, well, the goal of, if it's homosexuality, then the goal is heterosexuality. No, the goal is wholeness. This is, this is the goal. So watch, watch. If you get this right, the other stuff will take care of itself. This good friend of mine, he's, he's become attracted to the opposite sex. I mean, just you can hear his testimony next month. Here's what I'm trying to say. Who knows what you can be attracted to if we allow our tra attractions and orientations to define who we are? Church, we're in trouble. Let's just say this, we're all broken. We've all got issues. Can I have a good amen? We've all got them. So why can't we just be honest and say we've all got issues, but you know what? Thank God we have a savior who can bring us into wholeness. And so as the believer living from the inside out sex, sexually, we start with identity, then 
its attraction. We steward our attractions according to our identity and values and who we are in Christ. And then after that, I don't like to say orientation, even though it's the, it's the same thing. What we orient ourselves with, ideally, would be consummation, not orientation, but consummation in marriage. In other words, your sexual orientation is with your spouse on the night of your wedding. Now look, I know tons of people have blown it in that, you know? I blew it in that. So many people blow it. And we're not, we're not, I don't, we're not looking at the past, all right? This is a no shame talk, right? It's no shame. What we're gonna say is, you know, Lord, from this day forward, we're gonna surrender our sexuality to you. And Lord, you are the God of new beginnings. You created us with all this sex drive and given us the gift of sex. And Lord, from this day forward, I'm gonna get intentional about heading towards wholeness in my sexuality. I'm gonna have values and I'm gonna steward my sexuality like I do my time, my money, my energy, and everything else. Come on, can I have a good amen to that? Come on. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for the gift of sex. We thank you for our sexuality. Lord, we can see in the Bible, we know what a powerful gift it is and what a blessing it can be and how destructive it can also be. Lord, from this day forward, from this day forward, Lord, we decide to live sexually from the inside out according to who we are in Christ. I pray for forgiveness. Come on, bow your heads at all our locations. I pray for forgiveness. If you need forgiveness, just know the blood of Jesus. You were bought with a price. The blood of Jesus washes you. Blood of Jesus washes you. You have a fresh start. You have a new beginning in your sexuality today. And I want you to know that you go to a church that is committed to loving you and helping you and we are all in this together. We all have issues. Thank God that we have Jesus as our great healer bringing us into wholeness, amen? Come on, can you give God a hand for that? Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.